0: Hare Krishna! Welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita. Today's topic is the different kinds of sacrifices or yajnas. Uh, we, are, we are discussing chapter 4, texts 27 through 32. I actually wrote the title wrongly, uh, 26 through 32, but actually it's 27 through 32. Alright. <clears throat> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. भगवते भगवते ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम ज्ञानतिमिरान्धस्य ज्ञानान्जनशलाकाय चक्षुरण्मेलितमयेना तस्मै श्री गुरुवे नमः श्री चैतन्य स्थापितं येन स्वयं रूपकदामहं ददाति स्वपदांतिकं वन्दे हम श्री श्री युत पदकमलम श्री श्री रूपम साग्रजातम् सहगण रघुनाथान्वितं तं सजीवं साद्वैतम सावधूतं परिजन सहितं कृष्ण चैतन्य देवं श्री राधा कृष्ण पादान ललिता श्री विशाखान्वितं च हे कृष्ण करुणासिन्धो दीनबन्धो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका काकंथ राधा कांता राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृश्वानुसुते देवी प्रणमामे हरे प्रिये वांछा कल्पतरु भयस्याक्रिपास निधुभ्य एवच्छा पदितानां पावने भयो वैष्णवे भयो नमः नम ओम विष्णुपादाय पादाय कृष्ण प्रेष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिवेदान्तस्वामिनित्य नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वती देवे गौरवानि प्रचारिने निर्विशेष सुन्नवादी पा� Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadhi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Rama, Hare Hare So welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita and today's verses that we will be discussing are chapter 4, texts 27 through 32. Bhakti Rajanya is saying, Echo is disturbing. Is that so? Kindly let me know in the comments if the audio is alright for all of you or are you facing some issues some echo so that if everything is good then we can continue (coughs) kindly let me know in the comments it's clear okay now it's okay all right so let's start by reading this verse, so we'll read the word to word, I mean word by word, and then the verse itself as usual. Please repeat after me. Sarvani Indriya Karmani Prana Karmani Cha Apare Atma Samyama Yoga agnau, Juhvati ज्ञान दीपिते Please repeat line, line by line. Sarvanindriya Karmani Prana Karmani Chapare Sarvani Indriya Karmani, Prana Karmani Chapare, Atma Samyama Yoga agnao, Juhvati Jnana Deepite. Sarvani of all Indriya, the senses, Karmani functions, Prana Karmani functions of the life breath, Cha, also, apare, others, atma samyama, of controlling the mind, yoga, the linking process, agnau in the fire of, juhvati, offer, jnana deepite, because of the urge for self-realization. <clears throat> Translation in by Divangre Bhaktivedanta, Prabhupada ki Jai. Translation, others who are interested in achieving self-realization through control of the mind and senses offer the functions of all the senses and of the life breath as oblations into the fire of the controlled mind. So, um, these descriptions are very um, difficult to comprehend unless we have some explanation. So, this is where Sri Prabhupada's purports come to the rescue. I mean, actually, always we should read with Prabhupada's purports because that is actually hearing from a pure devotee. So alright, we will read from the purport. The yoga system conceived by Patanjali is referred to herein. In the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali, the soul is called Pratyag Atma and Parag Atma. As long as the soul is attached to sense enjoyment, it is called Parag Atma. But as soon as the same soul becomes detached from such sense enjoyment, it is called Pratyag Atma. The soul is subjected to the functions of ten kinds of air, ten kinds of air, at work within the body, and this is perceived through the breathing system. Okay, it's interesting to note here: the soul is subjected to the functions of ten kinds of air at work within the body, and this is perceived through the breathing system. Now how can the soul be subjected, how can the spirit be contained or imprisoned by matter and that too by air? When in second chapter we read 23 and 24 verses, 23rd and 24th I mean. <laughs> The soul can never be cut into pieces by any weapon, nor burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. You see? So, all kinds of weapons, swords, flame weapons, rain weapons, tornado weapons, etc. are unable to kill the spirit soul. They cannot affect. Uh, Actually, the material elements are incapable to contain the spirit soul. But how come? the soul is subjected to such containment. Next verse you see 224. This individual soul is unbreakable and insoluble and can be neither burned nor dried. He is everlasting, present everywhere, Unchangeable, immovable, and eternally the same. So none of the material elements can actually affect the soul, the soul in any way. The fire cannot burn. The you know we can't. It's unbreakable. Uh, we can't cut the soul. Cannot be dried. It's not soluble. Hmm? So water or fire or air or even earth or any weapon, nothing can affect the soul. But interestingly. Here it is said, the soul is subjected to the functions of the ten kinds of air at work within the body and this is perceived through the breathing system. What is this now? So here, it is the agreement of the soul to be contained because of the false ego. He is imprisoned by his false ego and we are trapped within the body, although actually the soul cannot be trapped by any material element and our body is just made of material elements, how come the soul is trapped inside? So it is trapped because of its own misidentification, its own its own mistake. He wants to be attached to this body, his false ego. We don't want to come out of this trap. Who wants to die? Nobody wants to die. So actually everybody likes to be in this body. <laughs> So that's how we are attached because of our false ego then we become trapped within this body so actually we have that independence whether we want to be trapped or whether we want to be free and free means it's not exactly free is just choosing which dependence you want the independence that we have is only um, the only independence we have is that we can choose which dependence we can be under either the dependence of Maya or dependence upon Yogamaya or Krishna, that's it. That choice is our independence, that's it. So with our independence, we can only choose our dependence under what we want to be dependent upon. Like for example, let same, say democracy, what is democracy? Democracy is you you elect your leader. What what are you essentially doing? It seems you have complete free will. But actually what you're doing there is electing your government, electing your controller, electing under which government you want to be controlled. That independence you have. So in the same way, if we elect for Maya, then we'll be put under the Maya government. So we are the ones who chose that. So that's why we are here. Yathe Krishna says to Arjuna, you do whatever you please. And that independence he will never take away from us. Whether we do have knowledge or we don't. That independence is always there. Only thing is that with knowledge we can actually properly use our independence and choose the right government, which is Krishna. Devi Gunamayi maya Duratyaya Mame Vaye Mayame Tam Tarantite. 714 of Bhagavad Gita. This divine energy of mind consisting of the three modes of material nature is difficult to overcome. So that is the government of Maya. But those who have surrendered unto me, the government of Krishna, can easily cross beyond it. So it is just which government we want. Or rather, any a soul, any free citizen of the country has the choice to either be in jail or be at his home so depending on his actions he chooses he chose to be uh, now a criminal who ends up in jail he chose to be trapped by his own actions by his own intentions and actions now the um, constitution of the government of, of the country promises the citizen the right to you know free speech free movement and everything that is there by the government but then why the prisoner is not having free movement free speech and everything why because he chose to be under that by his own actions so the trap now we are being trapped under this uh, by this material body it's because of our own doing so we chose this and so this air can you know Keep the soul moving. Hmm. Otherwise, there's nothing material that can move the spirit soul. In fact, when the soul leaves the body, the same air is there within the body, but nothing works now. Uh, so it's actually the soul which is moving everything else. But then the soul is also um, what? Uh, balanced by this uh, movement of air. <laughs> this is uh, especially called pranavayo. So anyway going back here so we have to understand we have to pay close attention like how, how come the soul is you know uh, subjected to the functions of 10 kinds of air so this is why because it's his own choice now the soul is subjected to the functions of 10 kinds of air at work within the body and this is perceived through the breathing system so what are the 10 kinds of air refresher We've, we saw this before srimad Bhagavatam. If you have been following these classes, you must have seen this. But anyway, it's always good to recap. 3, 6, 9. Kanto 3, chapter 6, text 9 of Srimad Bhagavatam. We have this verse. But it's not exactly the verse, but it's in the purport that is mentioned. The movements of the body are first generated from the heart. And all the activities of the body are made possible by the senses, powered by the ten kinds of air within the body. The 10 kinds of air are described as follows, the main main air passing through the nose in breathing is called prana. The air which passes through the rectum as evacuated bodily air is called apana. The air which adjusts the foodstuff within the stomach and which sometimes sounds as belching is called samana. The air which passes through the throat and the stoppage of which constitutes suffocation is called udana air. Actually it's not aid, I think it's and. And the total air which circulates throughout the entire body is called Vyana air. Subtler than these five airs, there are all, there are others also. So these five are called prana, Pranapana Vyanodana Samana. Prana, apana, Vyana, Udana, Samana. Five kinds of air. Pranapana Vyanodana Samana. So this is, um, they are mentioned like that usually. <coughs> Subtler than these five airs, there are others also. That which facilitates the opening of the eyes, mouth etc. is called Naga air. air. The air which increases the appetite is called Krikara air. The air which helps contraction is called Kurma air. The air which helps relaxation by opening the mouth wide in yawning is called Devadatta air. And the air which helps sustenance is called Dhananjaya air. All these airs are generated from the center of the heart, which is one only. So, why heart? Because the soul is there. The center of all, the seat of all energies is the soul, and especially also the super soul, Paramatma, who is sitting just right beside the soul. So, as long Patanjaliya. The Patanjali system of yoga instructs one on how to control the functions of the bodily air in a technical manner so that ultimately all the functions of the air within become favourable for purifying the soul of material attachment. So this is all the yoga system all about, the Hatha yoga system. It is not about getting fit so that one can have good sex. That's not the function of yoga. Yoga means to purify our existence, yoga indriya samyama, to control the senses, yoga is meant to control the senses and our breathing, our, love, uh, our life air, our the movement of the soul, it is meant to do all this but it's not to be done in a fashionable city and in a, in a fashionable yoga studio, you know, in the heart of this central business district of the city, that's not, that's not a yoga at all. It's completely opposite, in fact. You have to go to a completely secluded place where there's no population and there's no distraction whatsoever, alone, completely free from sex life and and practice the mind focusing on Krishna and nothing else. That is yoga, according to Bhagavad Gita's recommendation, 6th chapter. You see this. Let's look at the seriousness of yoga, actually. a transcendentalist should always engage his body, mind and self in relationship with the supreme. he should live alone in a secluded place secluded place you see and should always carefully control his mind he should be free from desires and feelings of possessiveness. To practice yoga, one should go to a secluded place and should lay kusha grass on the ground and then cover it with a deer skin and a soft cloth, not a yoga mat. The seat should be neither too high nor too low and should be situated in a sacred place. The yogi should then sit on it very firmly and practice yoga to purify the heart. To purify the heart. See? Yatachitta indriya kriya What is that? Yatachitta, controlling the mind. You see Yatachitta indriya, controlling the mind and senses, so purifying. Vishuddhaye for clarifying or purifying. See, Atma, the heart, purifying the heart, this is the reason, not for contaminating the heart with uh, an, an, an enhanced sexual appetite, uh, as, uh, they go to yoga studios nowadays to become what, look sexy, that is their uh, aim of going to yoga studios, but here it is said, uh, clean the mind and uh, um, senses and especially next to us you will see more. <laughs> Samamkaya Shirogrivam Dhara Yanachalam Stiraha Samprekshana Sikagramsam Dishaschana Valokayan Prashantatma Vigatabhir Brahmachari Vratesthitaha Manaha Samyam Yamachitto Yukta Asi Tamatparaha Brahmachari Vratesthitaha See, one should hold one's body neck and head erect in a straight line and stare steadily at the tip of the nose. Thus with an unagitated subdued mind devoid of fear, completely free from sex life. One should meditate upon me within the heart and make me the ultimate goal of life. So Krishna has to be the goal of such yoga practice. And this is completely unagitated, no disturbance, complete seclusion in the forest and not just for 20 minutes, not just for one hour yoga exercise and come out no there for years decades if 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 necessary and sometimes great sages I mean thousands of years they are there thousands sometimes tens of thousands of years that's how it is practiced and devoid of fear subdued mind not agitated mind Uh, meditate nowadays people want to talk about meditation meditation you know as if they think you know meditation is what some Cheap thing, meditation. Meditate means you meditate on it twenty-four hours. That is meditation. Yeah, not just some twenty minutes and then come out and then do other things. No, that is not meditation. Meditate means you meditate on it, like, um, like if somebody is passionate about playing cricket, for example, he's always meditating on cricket. That is meditation where our mind is constantly drawn towards that is our meditation for a person for a boy who is who is you know um, interested in a girl he is meditating on the girl you see that is meditation so meditation is very cheaply used nowadays Uh, anything that you focus on that is meditation everybody is meditating they're meditating on something but Real meditation should be, the sacrifice of meditation, tapo yajna, is that we have to stop meditating on sense gratificatory uh, paraphernalia and meditate on Krishna. The subject matter of meditation is what needs to be changed, but meditation everybody is doing. Everybody is doing. Uh, so, here it is said one should meditate upon me. The Sanskrit, you see. Manasamyamya samyamya yukta asita Matparaha. Krishna is speaking very, uh, very, very um, precisely. Mat me. Hmm. So here, Brahmacharya. Yagyamalkya said, karma savacha sarvavastha susarvada sarvatramaitu Brahmacharyam prachakshate. The vow of brahmacharya is meant to help one completely abstain from sex, indulgence in work, words and mind at all times, under all circumstances and in all places. This is brahmacharya. And this is the thing that one has to practice if one is really practicing any yoga. Hmm. Yoga is not some cheap thing. It is a big sacrifice. There is a lot of sacrifice involved and human life is meant for sacrifice, otherwise it is animal life, when there is no sacrifice. So let's go back. So this Patanjali Yoga system is to technically, very mechanically control the body, bodily air movements and in that way try to uh, move out of this body, the soul, the perfected soul he will be able to push his air, the soul through the life air all the way through his you know the seven chakras and then finally from the murdhana here from the top of the head go out and then burst open and then the soul goes to whichever planets he want uh, he wants to go to so that is perfection in yoga practice uh. <coughs> <coughs> The problem with this practice though is that there is no higher taste. There is no higher taste. So it is mechanically trying to control the senses. And Vishwamitra actually tried this. And he fell for Menaka. Because he was not engaged in higher taste. He was just engaged in curtailing the lower taste. But not filling it up, filling the void, filling the vacuum with the higher taste. So what is higher taste? The higher taste is Krishna consciousness. So, the problem with Hatha Yoga is it is very, very mechanical. Uh, So, for those who do not have uh, devotion to Krishna, they are advised to follow this process. This is actually for the less intelligent people, not for the intelligent class. For the intelligent class, they have to take to Bhakti Yoga. That is the most intelligent path. Uh, In fact, Prahlad Maharaj says that, right? Ladmarad said, what is the most intelligent, who is the most intelligent person? Kanto 7, Chapter 5, text 23 and 24 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Sri Praharadu Vacha, Shravanam kirtanam Vishnu, Smaranam Padashevanam, Marchanam bandhanam Dasyam, Sakhyam Matmanivedanam, Iti Pumsarpitavishnao, Bhaktischenna, Valakshana, Kriyeta, Uttamam learning topmost the topmost education, topmost intelligence is this uh, Prahlad Maharaj said hearing and chanting about the transcendental holy name, form, qualities, paraphernalia and pastimes of Lord Vishnu remembering them, serving the, Lord, uh, serving, serving the lotus feet of the Lord offering the Lord respectful worship with 16 types of paraphernalia Offering prayers to the Lord, becoming his servant, considering the Lord one's best friend and surrendering everything unto him. In other words, serving him with the body, mind and words. These nine processes are accepted as pure devotional service. One who has dedicated his life to the service of Krishna through these um, nine methods should be understood to be the most learned person for he has acquired complete knowledge. This is most intelligence. In fact, there is another verse. Um, it is somewhere intelligence. Oh, no, I think clever. Hmm, this is the one. <clears throat> 11, 29, 22. This process is the supreme intelligence of the intelligent and the cleverness of the most clever. For by following it, one can, in this very life, make use of the temporary and unreal to achieve me the ultimate reality see that so this is the most intelligent thing to do and krishna also says Raja vidya, pavitram this knowledge is the king of education the most secret of all secrets It's the purest knowledge and because it gives direct perception of the self by realization it is the perfection of religion. It is everlasting and it is joyfully performed. So this higher taste and the most intelligent thing to do is to capture the higher taste and easily let go the lower taste, rather than forcibly letting go the lower taste and not having anything better to do and then craving again for the lower taste and falling back to the lower taste. So that is called a pretender. Three, 6 of Bhagavad Gita One who restrains the senses of action but whose mind dwells on sense objects certainly deludes himself and is called a pretender. So, if that is the case then no point. See? Uh, we can't sustain that therefore there is a nice verse in the Bhagavatam, Shrimad Bhagavatam Canto four, chapter twenty two, verse thirty nine, yat pāda pankaja palasha <laughs> vilāsa bhaktya karma shayam grathita santaha the devotees who are always engaged in the service of the toes of the lotus feet of the Lord can very easily overcome hard knotted desires for fruitive activities. Because this is very difficult, the non devotees, the jnanis and yogis, although trying to stop the waves of sense gratification, trying to stop, cannot do so. Therefore, you are advised to engage in the devotional service of Krishna, the son of Vasudev. So, by engaging in devotional service, we can can actually control the senses. Otherwise, even though they may try very hard, it will not be successful. So, going back. So, all these things show. And one more actually. Let's go to that. How can we miss that? Krishna said in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. 647 Yogi Nama Pisarvesham Ratmana Shraddha Bhajate Yomam tamo And of all yogis, the one with great faith, who always abides in me, thinks of me within himself, and renders transcendental loving service to me, he is the most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion with a capital M. So that means, that is the greatest yogi. Okay, so back to the purport here. So to purify the soul of material attachment is the aim of yoga. And the easiest way to do that is bhakti yoga. Easiest way, hands down. According to this yoga system, Pratyagatma is the ultimate goal. um, This Pratyagatma is withdrawn from activities in matter. The senses interact with sense objects like the ear for hearing, eyes for seeing, nose for smelling, tongue for tasting, hand for touching and all of them are thus engaged in activities outside the self. They are called the functions of the Pranavayu. The Apanavayu goes downward, Vyanavayu acts to shrink and expand. Samana vayu adjusts equilibrium. Udana vayu goes upwards and when one is enlightened, one engages all these in searching for self-realization. Um, so sometimes some, <laughs> some, you know, not very advanced yet, that kind of devotees, when they're just joining up, they, they want to sometimes ask these kind of questions, Prabhu, one engages All these airs, all these upward-downward equilibrium and expand and shrink. How to use all these airs in Krishna Consciousness? How how to use expanding and shrinking, how to use up and down air for Krishna Consciousness? Just chant Hare Krishna. And use your uh, body and... uh, You know when you're talking, you're breathing, right? When you're chanting, you're breathing. When you're working, you're breathing, right? So air is anyway moving. Use that whatever movement that air is causing, like like naga air, opens the eyes, right? Open eyes and see Krishna. That is how you use the air to in the service of Krishna. What is that? Like some one devotee asked, um, Prabhupada. Uh, what is that uh, pranayama? Prabhupada, how to how to do? Um, can we do pranayama? Is it is it allowed in bhakti yoga? Then. Um, Prabhupada said, well, you are breathing while chanting, right? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Then, you have to inhale your exhale. That, that, that is Pranayama, finish. Because, what is the use of all that air movement? The whole thing is to think of Krishna. Yukta the Matparaha. So, that is most important. The other details, not that important. All those... Rules are meant for us to come to the point of remembering Krishna. Controlling the mind and remembering Krishna. With that controlled mind. So, Smartavya satatam um, vishnur vismartavyo na jātu sarva vidhaniṣe dāṣur etayoreva kinkarāha So, Padma Puran says, we should always remember Krishna and never forget Him. All the other rules and regulations are meant to bring us to that point of always remembering Krishna and never forgetting Him. But if we get distracted from remembering Krishna to uh, learning how to do breathing control, Pranayama, Kumbhaka, Puraka, Rechaka, sunyaka, all these things, uh, then we, have, we are actually going from the topmost thing to down backward. In fact, the, all the movements of the air is meant for us to control the mind so that we can think of Krishna. Uh, but thinking of Krishna is very difficult thing to do. right? So, in the Kali Yuga, chanting. Chanting is the best way to think of Krishna. Here, oh, is it here? Okay, I think Vaishnava Chintamani. There is one uh, statement here. Ah, here you see, in the Vaishnava Chintamani, there is the following statement Agha Vishnuor Se Nasadhyate spandana Kirtanam Tu Tatovaram. Sir, the whole thing about yoga is what? Aim to remember Krishna, to think of Krishna. Now, although capable of destroying all sins, the remembrance of Lord Vishnu is achieved only with extraordinary effort. On the other hand, one may perform krishna-kirtan simply by moving one's lips and thus this process is superior. A process is always superior when it can get you get you the result faster with less effort. Um, so that process is superior. So the same effort, I mean the same result is gotten by much lesser effort by chanting and therefore that process is superior. And therefore, the biggest yoga, I mean, the greatest yoga in this, not only in this Kali Yuga, I mean, or of, of all time is chanting the holy name. Mm. So Pratyagatma is the ultimate goal. This Pratyagatma is withdrawn from activities and matter. The senses interact with the sense objects like the you know, all the senses, we have read that. Um, Thus, they are engaged in activities outside the self. This is called Bahir Mukha. They are called for the functions of Pranavayu. The Apanavayu goes downward, Vyanavayu acts to shrink and expand, Samanavayu just equilibrium, Udhanavayu goes upwards. And when one is enlightened, one engages all these in searching for self realization. There is a nice um, verse, two verses in Mukundamala's thotra. So, how to engage our life our uh, our what is this airs life air in krishna consciousness so let's go to mukundamal stotram think um, 27 you see this um, no 26 26 No, no, this one, 46. This prana phalam, you see? Prana of one's breath. This breathing, Palam, perfection of one's breathing. What is the perfection of breathing? Pranamamishas, <laughs> yashirah phalam vedus, tadarchanam. Pranapalam deva okasaha, mana palam tad guna tatva chintanam, vacha palam tad guna kirtanam (coughs) budha. So you see, the wise inhabitants of the heavenly regions know that the perfection of the head is to offer prostrate obeisances to the Supreme Lord. The perfection of life, breath, is to worship the Lord. So our every life, our every breath of our every life, you know, our every breath of life, uh, is meant to be offered to the Lord. That is sacrifice. So you can start by technically or mechanically doing this inward air into outgoing, outgoing into inward, in, uh, incoming, which we will learn. I mean later on. <coughs> And try to be confused and then choke yourself to death. Either you can do that, or you can just with your breath chant Hare Krishna as you are exhaling Hare Krishna. <laughs> that is the perfection of exhalation. And inhale, of course, you cannot make much sound, you know. So inhale the air so that you can exhale it for chanting Hare Krishna. So, like that, you know, that is perfection of, <laughs> and not just chanting. For every action we need breath, I mean life breath is something, for anything we need life breath. But what we use it for, that is the most important thing. We should use every single action which is all possible by movement of air. My hands moving or the heart beating or anything requires air, movement, movement of air. So all these is meant to maintain the body to use it in the service of Krishna. This is called Kayena VACHAMANA Manas Indri Ayrava, Buddhyatmanava, Nusrita Swabhavat, Karoti Yad Yad Sakalam Parasmain, Arayana Yeti, Samar Payetat, 11, 2, 36. In accordance with the particular nature one has acquired in conditioned life, whatever one does with body, words, mind, senses, intelligence or purified consciousness, one should offer to the Supreme, thinking this is for the pleasure of Lord Narayana. So in this way, one has to offer one's life breath. Going back. Okay. Okay. Next, let's go to the next one. See different yajnas here, dravya yajnas, sorry dravya yajnas tapo yajna, yoga yajnas tathapare, svadhyayajnana yajnascha, yatayah samshita vratah. So many yajnas here you see, dravya yajna means sacrificing one's possessions, Tapa tapah yajna, sacrificing, sacrifice in austerities. Yoga Yajna, sacrifice in eightfold mysticism. Uh, tatha, thus, apare, others. Swadhyaya, sacrifice in the study of the Vedas. Jnana Yajna, sacrifice in advancement of transcendental knowledge. Cha, also Yataya, pers- enlightened persons. Samshita Vratah, taken to strict vows. So, if we want any elevation in any material or spiritual spheres, we need to do some sacrifice as they say no pain no gain see so that is true so whether we want to do such we want to take those pains to get some material gain that is foolish because after all the pain we are asking for more pain because after the so-called gain the gain itself will be a source of pain and then after the gain is finished after we um, finish experiencing the glory of the gain what follows is pain so it's just gain and pain pain and gain that's all it goes it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle but and Antavatu phalanctesham tad bhavati everything in this material world is is it will come to an end all the benedictions all the results of all the hard work that we are putting in will come to an end what is the use of that kind of um, you know um, Sacrifice. We have to sacrifice the temporary for the eternal. I think there is a verse like that. Hmm? I think... Uh, oh... Krishna... Temporary for the eternal is somewhere in the eleventh canto. Um let's see well, um, it's somewhere, anyway we have to sacrifice the temporary to get the eternal that is perfection of sacrifice that is intelligent sacrifice when you are sacrificing something you should get the most gain out of it you can't you can't the return the return on investment should be the greatest that is that is the whole point here so if you can't get that then you know why why are we even sacrificing after all the sacrifice huh, we are not even gaining much oh, this. Well, it's all right. We can just. Oh yeah, found it. Actually, we already read it. We already read it. Eleven twenty nine twenty two. This process is the supreme intelligence of the intelligent and the cleverness of the most clever. For by following it, one can in this very life make use of the temporary and unreal to achieve me the eternal reality so yeah you already you know so this is the actual verse so make use of the temporary and get eternal make use of the unreal to get reality that is intelligent sacrifice so that is what this is all about but these processes theregata these are all until the point where we have not contacted Krishna consciousness Hmm. There is so much emphasis on this, but once we attain Krishna Consciousness, there is some sacrifice, but not it's not very great. Because with the higher taste of Krishna Consciousness, one can easily give up the lower tastes. Okay, let's go back. So dravya-yajna, stapo-yajna, yoga-yajna, swadhyaya, jnana-yajna. So the, all these yajnas are there. Having accepted strict vows, some become enlightened, enlightened by sacrificing their possessions and others by performing severe austerities, by practicing the yoga of eightfold mysticism or by studying the Vedas to H, to advance in transcendental knowledge. Purport. So the whole point is to advance in transcendental knowledge. Uh, we, should, we should advance in transcendental knowledge. That should be the aim. The divyam putrakāyena sattvaṁ Let's go to that and come back here. Okay? srimad Bhagavatam 551. Five, it is said that you should do tapasya, but not for uh, material things. Rishabhavacha, na yam deho deha bhajam niraloke kastan kama narhate vidhujam ye tapodivyam putrakaye na satvam shuddhed yasmad brahma saukhyam twanantam. Lord Rishabhdev told his sons, my dear boys, of all living entities who have accepted material bodies in this world one who has been awarded this human form should not work hard day and night simply for sense gratification which is available even for dogs and hogs or eat stool so working hard day and night also is a tapasya right but um, what is the what is the result for sense gratification therefore uh, it is not very that tapasya is not even is it, compared to the tapasya of the dogs and hogs the dogs and hogs they do also tapasya work hard day and night just for sense gratification. Hmm. So, we, we, don't want, we don't want to do dog yoga or pig yoga or pig tapasya or dog tapasya. We want to do tapasya for human being. One should engage in penance and austerity to attain the divine position of devotional service. divyam. You see the word? divyam. Mahatma Gandhi. So-called Mahatma. Gandhi. He did tapasya, fasted for many, many days, weeks. But he fasted for a country. Although it is a difficult thing that he did, it has no value. So real spiritualists, they, real devotees, they will actually condemn that. The effort that went into it is immaterial. The, the, the purpose of it is more important. What is the purpose of such a sacrifice? That is what is seen by a intelligent spiritualist. People usually get carried away by what he did. But we should see why he did that. Yes, he may have worked very hard, but why did he work hard? Oh for some material attachment. Ah we can only take inspiration from that in this in this way that if only I can have that much determination in Krishna consciousness. He fasted like what forty days for you know country if I can fast 40 days for Krishna. But of course, we can't do. We have to do what is ordained by the Lord. Of course, the Goswamis, they can, you know, almost whole life they fasted. You know, sometimes eating once in two days, you know, like that. Uh, and sleeping also almost nil. So, in this way, they, they you know, um, led their lives. So, that is Tapasya. That is Divyam. Tapo divyam. Whereas um, Gandhi, he did, he did not do tapodivyam. He did tapo jada, jada, this martya, martya tapasya, in this material world. That is not the transcendental tapasya or tapasya to achieve transcendental position. No. It's not the temporary unreal sacrificing the temporary unreal to achieve the eternal reality. No. It's another, for another temporary unreal. He is sacrificing one temporary unreal for another temporary unreal, for a greater temporary unreal. That's all. His body is unreal. His body is temporary. And the country is also temporary and unreal. It will also change. So, he sacrificed his body's temporary unreality for the unreality and temporariness of the country. I mean, the borders, the, the size, and then everything will change. The country is going to change. I mean, even he, when he was there, he divided Pakistan and India. You see? And so... He, this, before India was all the big chunk, and now it's just a little part, and now that parts of that also is being disputed by Pakistan and China on the, on the north, northern border of India. So, this will change. In fact, um, Bharatvarsh, the whole planet was known as Bharatvarsh at the beginning of Kali Yuga. Now, only that one tract of land of India is called Bharatvarsh, and it is said that by the end of Kali Yuga, only the land along the Ganga River will be called Bharatvarsh, everything else will just be other countries in fact the countries won't be this big also anymore people will become so less intelligent that they cannot even maintain such big establishments they just maintain like you know dogs you know they have they run around on streets they have some few streets or two streets their their area you know like that people will become like dogs and rats living underground so this will be their life at the end of Kali Yuga. so they will have no intelligence to conduct big big countries and all this no no more it will just go completely out of um capacity for them so to advance in transcendental knowledge all these things are done to advance in transcendental knowledge. purport these sacrifices may be fitted into various divisions. There are persons who are sacrificing their possessions in the form of various kinds of charities. In India, the rich mercantile community or princely orders open various kinds of charitable institutions like dharmashala, annakshetra, shala, anathalaya, anathalaya and vidyapit. In other countries too, there are many hospitals, old age homes and similar charitable foundations meant for distributing food, education and medical treatment free to the poor. All these charitable activities are called dravya maya yajna. So there is some benefit, but it's not really uh, spiritual, not very much. There are others who for higher elevation in life or for promotion to higher planets uh, within the universe voluntarily accept many kinds of austerities, such as chandrayana and chaturmasya. These processes entail severe vows for conducting life under Certain rigid rules. For example, under the Chaturmasya vow, the candidate does not shave for 4 months during the year, July to October. He does not eat certain foods, he does not eat twice in a day or does not leave home. Lockdown. I think we got the coronavirus lockdown, I think, just prior to Chaturmasya. So, we are having kind of Chaturmasya. Everybody, whole world is following Chaturmasya now. You know? But, the actual thing is not just to be locked up at home. It minimize material activities, increase spiritual activities. That is the whole point. Not just locking ourselves down as chaturmasya observance. No. Spiritual, again, tapodivyam. The divyam factor should be there. The transcendental factor should be there. Without that, just following all so many rules, sometimes it's, it, it does appear. In fact, the Mayavadis, the yogis in the Himalayas, they practice vows Um, which are far, far greater than what the devotees do. Like, you know, they stay there for thousands of years sometimes and they complete seclusion and then they, you know, do all this breathing and all these exercises and then in cold regions they are completely naked there. All these things are very difficult to do, but they do. That does not mean they get a greater result. It's for what you do that matters, it's not what you do. It's for what you do. You see? So, um, Such sacrifice of the comforts of life is called Tapomaya Yajna. So, just um, this word Chandrayana. Actually, I did not pay much attention to this word until Vanajakshi Mataji asked me this question about few months ago. What is this Chandrayana? So, I myself did not know, but (laughs) I just Googled it. And let me actually just show you the definition of Chandrayaan. Let's see if we can. Okay, that's wrong. That's wrong. This should not be the one. Okay, wait. Here we are. And, okay. let's come in the middle here. And uh, let me take you to this. You see this? Chandrayana is a religious observance, an expiatory penance. Expiatory means um, you see guilt or wrongdoing. Make amends or reparation for guilt or wrongdoing, like atonement. You know. So it's an expiatory penance regulated by the period of the moon's waxing and waning. In this rite, the daily quantity of food which consists of 15 mouthfuls at the full moon is diminished by one mouthful every day during the dark fortnight till it is reduced to zero at the new moon and is increased in like manner du- during the bright fortnight. That means, uh, in the Chandrayan, Chandra- on the full moon day, they will eat 15 mouthfuls. In the whole day, just 15 mouthfuls. And that is Purnima, that is the full moon day. And then the next day, less, so 14 mouthfuls, so all the way until 0 mouthfuls, that means on they fast and then next uh, Pratipat or in Telugu we say Padme. so then we again, then again one mouthful and then next day 2 mouthfuls and then 3 mouthfuls, so depending on the, the day, it is in the fortnight, the number of mouthfuls or the morsels of food uh, is taken, So, it's actually a very severe austerity to eat one mouthful and the next day eat two mouthfuls and the next day eat three mouthfuls and the next day four. That's uh, (laughs) a, it's very rigorous actually. So, in that way, you will never actually forget the Tithi. You will never forget the Tithi. Like, we don't really care about the Tithi. We we forget sometimes when is Eka the same. You know, we have to look at the calendar. But when you're doing this Chandra and you can never forget because you know how many mouthfuls you have to take. Because tongue is the most difficult to control, na? So, because of the tongue, you will be keeping track. You will see, I mean, oh, today only two mouthfuls. <laughs> this is Chandra. <laughs> so, we will remember, oh, this is Dvithiya. Ah, why is today pratipat? Why is today first day of the moon? Uh, I have only one mouthful today. So, this kind of. So, of course, these were performed with great eagerness in those days. But Kali Yuga, I mean, what, what we are doing, even our Chaturmasya, it is said that, um, there are forty-two rules for Chaturmasya you know but for us it's only four it's like only four rules like each month just avoid one kind of food that's all but actually apparently there are 42 rules of Chaturmasya to be followed if everything is uh, incorporated then i think we will all not last even in the movement so all right so <clears throat> These processes entail severe vows for conducting life under rigid, rigid rules. So all this is called Tapomaya Yajna. So that means accepting some inconvenience um, in our regular uh, day-to-day activities and for purifying our consciousness. Tapo maya Yajna. There are still others who engage themselves in different kinds of mystic yogas like the Patanjali system for merging into the existence of the Absolute or Hatha Yoga or Ashtanga Yoga for particular perfections yogic perfections you see and some travel to the to all the sanctified places of pilgrimage all these practices are called Yoga Yajna even Tirthyatra and all this uh, you know doing some Yoga Hatha Yoga Ashtanga Yoga for particular yogic perfections or for merging into the existence of the Absolute these are all called Yoga Yajna Sacrifice for a certain type of perfection in the material world. Hmm. There are others who engage themselves in the studies of different Vedic literatures, specifically the Upanishads and Vedanta Sutras or the Sankhya philosophy. All of these are called Svadhyaya Yajna or engagement in the sacrifice of studies. So there is also sacrifice Hmm. because um, usually we don't want to be concerned with it. We want wanton sense gratification. That is the... Nature of the Conditioned Soul 11, 5, 11. In this material world, the Conditioned Soul is always inclined to sex, meat-eating and intoxication. This is our natural inclination in this Conditioned state. Therefore, religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities. Although scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage, for meat-eating through sacrificial offerings, and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine, such ceremonies are meant for the ultimate purpose of renunciation. See that? So in this way, our natural tendency is that, so to give up that and engage in the studies of the Vedic literature, and perform so many tapo yajna, uh, swadhyaya yajna and yoga yajna, all these things are yajna, sacrifice. Sacrificing our tendency for sense gratification and, sacrifice, and you know, engaging in studies, Vedic studies. Mm. So that is very important for advancement. All these yogis are faithfully engaged in different types of sacrifice and are seeking a higher status of life. Krishna consciousness, however, is different from these because it is the direct service, direct service of the supreme Lord. Krishna consciousness cannot be attained by any one of the above-mentioned types of sacrifice, but can be attained only by the mercy of the Lord and by and His bona fide devotees. Therefore, Krishna consciousness is transcendental. No amount of, as it is said that. Um, कृष्ण भक्ति रसभावितामते क्रियतामला यद कुतोपिल भेते थिंक कृष्ण भक्ति Rasa bhaavita. 8.70 Madhya Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavita Kriyata Myadi Kutopi Labhyate Tatra Laulam mulyame Kalam Janma Koti sukritairna Labhyate Janma Koti Sukritair Sukritair means all the pious activities all these Yajnas are actually pious activities so Pure devotional service in Krishna consciousness cannot be had even by pious activity in hundreds and thousands of lives. You see, no, no amount of all these pious activities will get us to Krishna consciousness. It can be attained only by paying one price, that is, intense greed to obtain it. If it is available somewhere, one must purchase it without delay. But where is it available? If it is available somewhere, one must purchase it. Where is it available? It is available at the feet. Of the pure devotee. Um, Prahlad Maharaj explains this. Naisham Matistha Vadurukramangrim. Sprishat Yanartha Bagamo Yadartha Mahiyasam Padarajo Nishkinchananam navranitayavat unless, uh, unless they smear upon their bodies the dust of the lotus feet of a Vaishnava, completely freed from material contamination, persons very much inclined toward materialistic life, cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the Lord, who is glorified for his uncommon activities. Only by becoming Krishna consciousness and taking shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord in this way can one be freed from material contamination. Now, Greed is one way. Okay, the previous verse says greed for Krishna. Intense greed to obtain it. That is the price. But, how? Who will have intense greed to obtain Krishna? Only one who has taken shelter of Guru. Wholeheartedly. Um, wholeheartedly is an important point. Not just, you know, officially or just, you know, naam ke the, as they say, namesake. No. Fully, Gurao Sudruda Sahurada, fully determined to serve the Guru and firm friendship for the Guru and serving the Guru. That attitude will increase the greed to obtain Krishna. So, ultimately it is by the mercy <coughs> mercy of the Lord and His bona fide devotees. Especially the mercy of the bona fide devotees. Because Lord Himself does not Give himself so easily. Bhakti is something he will keep reserved. What is that? Muktim dhadaatikarhechits manabhakti yogam. He will keep it reserved. Mukti he will easily give. Bhakti no. Bhakti he will test and test and test until all tests are finished and the devotee is completely clear of all kinds of sense gratification. He will test so much before he gives. Bhakti. So... (coughs) Uh, that bhakti easily, is easily gotten by the mercy of the pure devotee, even to undeserving candidates. <laughs> Krishna said, Sarva dharman paritidja kam saranam braja aham tvam sarva You surrender to me, I will read you of all sinful reaction and I will give you moksha. Moksha is shyami. But the uh, devotee, and especially our Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, whether you surrender or not, surrender just take this Hare Krishna Mahamada, take. You know. Yeah. So that you know, that high uh, achievement is easily awarded freely by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers. Especially Nityananda Prabhu delivered Jagai Madhai. Prabhupada said in the purport, one of the purports of Chaitanya Charitamrita by the mercy of Lord Nityananda, his servant can deliver millions of Jagais and Madhais. And that is happening. Prabhupada is delivering millions of jagas and Madhais everywhere. So that um, is the mercy of the pure devotee. Unless we have that, we cannot. Shadiya Vaishnav Seva Nistar Pai Next. Apane Juhvati Pranam Prane Panam Tathapare Prana Panam. Gati Rudva, Pranayama, Parayana, Apare Niyatahara, Pranan, Prane, Sujhuvati. So many Prana Apane, Juhvati Pranam, Prane, Panam, Tathapare, Prana, Pan, Gati Rudva, Pranayama, Parayana, Parayana, Apare Niyatahara, Pranan, Prane, Sujhuvati. So much embellishment is there. Nice, sir. Uh, very nice sounding words. Still others, who are inclined to the process of breath restraint to remain um, in trance, practice by offering the movement of the outgoing breath into the incoming, and the incoming breath into the outgoing, and thus at last remain in trance, stopping all breathing. Others, curtailing the eating process, offer the outgoing breath into itself as a sacrifice. Well, I don't know how to do this technically. I mean, there is Kumbhaka, there is some, yes, but... um, you know, best way is to just chant. I think somebody asked one uh, AM AM question. What about this, this, this verse, you know, 429? What is this? How to? How to? Prabhu, how, how to? I think somebody asked this. How to offer the incoming into outgoing and outcoming into incoming? What How to do this? Well, <clears throat> don't try it because you'll choke yourself to death. <laughs> no guidance, nothing. And stop all breathing and then die. No, we will we will breathe and chant Hare Krishna. That is better. <coughs> Purport. This system of yoga for controlling the breathing process is called Pranayama. And in the beginning it is practiced in the Hatha Yoga system though, uh, through different sitting postures. All of these processes are recommended for controlling the senses and for advancement in spiritual realization. This practice involves controlling the airs within the body so as to reverse the direction of their passage. The apana air goes downward and the prana air goes upward. The pranayama yogi practices breathing the opposite way until the currents are neutralized into puraka, equilibrium. Offering the exhaled breath into the inhaled breath is called rechaka. When both air currents are completely stopped, one is uh, said to be in kumbhaka yoga. By practicing the kumbhaka yoga, one can increase the duration of life for perfection and spiritual realization. The intelligent yogi is interested in attaining perfection in one life without waiting for the next. For by practicing Kumbhaka Yoga, the yogis increase the duration of life by many, many years. A Krishna conscious person, however, being always situated in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, automatically becomes a controller of the senses. His senses, being always engaged in the service of Krishna, have no chance of becoming otherwise engaged. So, at the end of life, he is naturally transferred to the transcendental plane of Lord Krishna. Consequently, he makes no attempt to increase his longevity. He is at once raised to the platform of liberation, as stated in Bhagavad Gita 14.26. One who engages in unalloyed devotional service to the Lord transcends the modes of material nature and is immediately elevated to the, to the spiritual platform. A Krishna conscious person begins from the transcendental stage and he is constantly in that consciousness, therefore there is no falling down and ultimately he enters into the abode of the Lord without delay. The practice of reduced eating is automatically done when one eats only Krishna Prasadam or food which is offered first to the Lord. Reducing the eating process is very helpful in the matter of sense sense control and without sense control there is no possibility of getting out of the material entanglement. Controlling our eating is very essential for us to get out of the material entanglement. It is said, um, what is that? Jihwar lalase jai iti uti dhai. Shishnodar parayan krishna nahi Leela. So Chaitanya Charitamrata Antilila Chapter 6, Text 227 Jihwar lalase jai iti dhai Shishnodar parayan krishna nahi One who is subservient to the tongue and who thus goes here and there devoted to the genitals and the belly cannot attain Krishna So when we are pulled by the tongue then our, our stomach and uh, genitals follow and in this way we are trapped in this material world, and airs can move the soul like that because we agreed to do that, because we came under the control of the tongue. This tongue is our Tharmada Jihwati Lobhamaya Sudurmati. Very difficult to control, extremely difficult. But by Krishna Prasadam, he can easily be controlled. Therefore, Bhaktivanad wrote that song, Bhaktivanad Hakur. So this is how uh, we have to understand, we have to control the term. That is also yagyan. So without reducing the eating process. Sense control is not possible, and without sense control, there is no possibility of getting out of the material entanglement. You see how our tongue is keeping us shackled to this um, material world? First of all, by eating nonsense and by talking nonsense. By discussing so many, by talking so much material subjects, our mind is just, you know, absorbed in such topics. And then our mind can never think of Krishna anymore. It is filled up with rubbish. There is no space for Krishna. So, you know, like hard disk full, like that. We have to clean up, reformat. So that reformatting is Krishna consciousness. Cheto-Darpanam Marjanam. cheto darpana Marjanam. So clean, cleansing of the heart. That is required. Then we can have space for Krishna. You know? Chapter 4, text 30. All these performers who know the meaning of sacrifice become cleansed of sinful reactions and having tasted the nectar of the... Results of sacrifices, they advance toward the supreme eternal atmosphere. See, actually, this is um, this is said in the fourth chapter, tenth verse. No, krodha Manmaya maa mupashritah tapasa putamadbhava magatah Being freed from attachment, fear and anger, being fully absorbed in me and taking refuge in me, many, many persons in the past became purified by knowledge of me and thus they all attained transcendental love for me. See? tapasa They did a lot of austerity. We are talking about tapoyajna, jnana yajna. Jnana tapasa putamadbhava magatah they have given up vita raga bhaya, krodha all these all these things and taken shelter of krishna that is important without taking shelter of krishna we cannot give up all these things and we cannot sustain the our practice of even jnana and tapasya Thapa, also so that is very important thing purport from the foregoing explanation of different types of sacrifice namely sacrifice of one's possessions study of the vedas or philosophical doctrines and performance of the yoga system, it is found that the common aim of all is to control the senses, yoga indriya samyama. Sense gratification is the root cause of material existence, therefore unless and until one is situated on a platform apart from sense gratification, there is no chance of being elevated to the eternal platform of full knowledge, full bliss and full life. This platform is in the eternal atmosphere or Brahman atmosphere. Brahma, Bhuta, Pasanna, Atmana, Kang, All the above-mentioned sacrifices help one to become cleansed of the sinful reactions of material existence. By this advancement in life, no, not only does one become happy and opulent in this life, but also at the end, he enters into the kingdom of God, either merging into the impersonal Brahman or associating with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. See that? All these sacrifices help one to become cleansed of the sinful reactions of material existence so it is good to perform these things but then once you contact the pure devotee uh, then the actual purification happens Hmm. Um, let's look at this verse Um, what is that Shimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 7, Text 20. Ya pa hyal patapasaha seva vai yatro pagi yate nityam deva devo janardhanaha. Persons whose austerity is meager can hardly obtain the service of the pure devotees who are progressing on the path back to the kingdom of Vaikunthas. Now this is an important point here now by the mercy of the pure devotee we actually get the eagerness to serve krishna and the greed and then one can purchase krishna with that but um, how to get the company of pure devotees here it is said persons whose austerity is meager can hardly obtain the service of the pure devotees for example um, Prabhupada, he went to America they joined Krishna Consciousness Prabhupada said that you all have a good quality he said to the American devotees you all have a good quality that is that you have already you have already come to the renunciation platform you have given up your family life and everything but just because you don't have the you know intention to I mean, you don't have the information about Krishna. You, are, you have given a family but now you are living like cats and dogs on the streets. Naked and you know having illicit sex and all these things. But you have this great sense of detachment from family life which is very hard to find in India. Prabhupada commented. Um, this is true. Indians, although they have all this culture, they cannot think of coming out of family life. It is a hell for them if they come out of family life. What is that? There is a proverb. Um, what is that? Janani Swargada See Janani and Janmabhumi Swargada One's own motherland and one's own mother is more dear to the person than heaven itself. So, like that. This body, this family life is more than heaven for them, Indians. They cannot. They will talk so much philosophy, Prabhupada said like this. They will talk, oh this, that, the Krishna, Radha Krishna and you know, Yashoda Krishna, Dishloka, Sloka, and then go back and worry about how to marry off their daughters to, you know, somebody. That's all they worry about. How to, how to get my daughter married to whom and when, you know, how. That's all they worry about. Prabhupada said this exact word, you know. They will talk so many things and then they will go, go back and worry, Worry about how to get their daughters married off. So, <laughs> that, that is Indian. Whereas Americans, they especially the hippies, they have given up. They don't have such attachment. And that detachment actually is helpful in if it can be properly fanned, that spark, if it can be properly fanned, it will become a fire. And that's what Srila Prabhupada did. There was a, that spark of renunciation and he immediately grabbed hold of that. Immediately fanned the spark and the fire came and the whole movement expanded because of uh, uh, doing that, you see. So, persons whose austerity is meager, if you are not austere, therefore, as long as we have not gotten the mercy of the pure devotee, one is advised to do all this tapasya, yajnas, this yajna, that yajna, dravya yajna, yag- what is that, yoga yajna, tapo yajna, jnana yajna, swadhyaya yajna, hmm. so many yajnas we have to perform, sacrifice. Austerity. Why? So that once, when we once, when you're when, <laughs> once, when we are ready, we will get eventually. If if our sincerity develops enough, we will get the mercy of the pure devotee, and then our real um, thing. I mean, our um, introduction to real spiritual life will begin. So all these yagna is all to just prepare us. Uh, to prepare, uh, I mean make the ground fertile. If the ground is fertile, Guru Krishna Prasadha bhakti Bhaktilata Beach That beach, that seed of devotional service can be sown in that fertile ground and it will flourish. But if the seed is thrown on barren land, it will not flourish. So the devotees, especially the pure devotees, they, they preach indiscriminately. Everywhere, they don't care whether this person is qualified or not qualified. It doesn't matter. But depending on the fertility of the land, or fertility of the heart, or the purification of the heart, one may take up accordingly that seed. How one? That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has that whole chapter in the 19th chapter of Madhyalila of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asks the or instructs the devotees. To be a good gardener, he instructs the devotee to be a good gardener, he has to take care. Gardening means lot of things involved, not just you sow the seed and it will automatically become one day tree and I will wait for the fruit, uh, until then I will sleep. No, that is not gardening. Gardening means you have to be very attentive, oh the plant is you know, not getting enough sunlight, oh this, okay I have to put sunlight, maybe put in more in the sun and then um, maybe you're not getting enough water, maybe pouring at the wrong time, or maybe too much water, maybe less water. And um, maybe there are weeds which are coming, or maybe there are insects which are coming. Uh, all these things, all these factors have to be carefully taken care of. I mean, all these things have to be, these details have to be taken care of. And he has to protect the plant which is trying to grow from all the undesirable elements. Cut out everything and let this creeper grow, let this plant grow. Similarly, the devotee has to be a gardener in nurturing his devotional creeper he can't um, uh, I mean if he if he uh, really what is that called values if he really values his own advancement his own perfection then he should be careful not to ruin his creeper and the worst thing we can do is Vaishnava Prada when you offend the Vaishnavas all that is gone all the gardening, all carefully done garden, everything is gone to hell. It's just chaos, mayhem. You know? That's what happens when an hell- elephant comes into a garden. So, this is called Hatimata. Very, very dangerous offense. Vaishnava Prad. <clears throat> First offense of the holy name, what is that? To blaspheme the devotees who have dedicated their lives for propagating the uh, holy name of the Lord all over the world. As a first offense, all our chanting will nothing, nothing will work. That's why there is one nice song by the. What is this? Narutunna's Thakur, maybe? He says, Haristhane aparade, tare harinam. Tumasthane aparade, nahi paritran. Haristhane aparade. Tare Harinam Tumas Thane Aparadhe Nahi Paritran So Nahi Paritran means no other way Haris Thane Aparadhe Tare Harinam If you offend Hari Krishna you can chant Hare Krishna and then the offense will be nullified the more we chant But Tumas Thane Aparadhe he is actually, he's, Tuma means you. He is actually singing this to the Vaishnava Thakur. Vaishnava Gosai. Um, so, if we commit offense to Vaishnava, Nahai even the chanting won't help. We have to beg forgiveness from the Vaishnava whom we have offended. And then yes. Then yes. Otherwise, you will see our devotional service will just plummet. Skydive. And the parachute will not open. You know. So, all the above mentioned sacrifices help one to become cleansed of the sinful reactions of material existence. By this advancement in life, not only does one become happy and opulent in this life, but also at the end he enters into the kingdom of eternal kingdom of God, either merging into the impersonal Brahman or associating with the supreme personality of Godhead, whichever is one's destination. He will get that and he will all will have perfection. But he must perform the tapasya. 431. Nayam lokos tyayagnyasya kutonya kurusattama. O oh, best of the Kuru dynasty, without sacrifice one can never live happily on this planet or in this life. What then of the next? Without sacrifice, period. This verse, this verse sums up everything about sacrifice one can never live happily on this planet or in this life without sacrifice what to speak of the next and there is a nice verse in the third chapter as well 16th verse of Bhagavad Gita evam pravartitam tamchakram nanuvartyati hayaha aghayur indriyaram sorry indriyaram moghamparthasajivati my dear sajivati." my dear Arjuna one who does not follow in human life the cycle of sacrifice that establish, thus established by the Vedas certainly leads a life full of sin. Living only for the satisfaction of the senses, such a person lives in vain. Indriyarama oh. indriya means arama means for satisfaction, indriya means senses. So, it's only for satisfaction of senses. So, in other words, the flip side. So, what is actually yajna? To give up indriyarama. What is lust? Indriya Atmindriya Krishna Indriya dhare So prema love means to desire Krishna's sense gratification. And lust means to desire our own sense gratification. So gratification of the senses is Indriya Rama. So to give up that Indriya Rama is what is sacrifice. Sacrifice is all about that. That's why it's called Yoga Indriya Samyama. Um, PURPORT Whatever form of material existence one is in, one is invariably ignorant of his real situation. In other words, existence in the material world is due to the multiple reactions uh, to our sinful lives. Ignorance is the cause of sinful life and sinful life is the cause of one's dragging on in material existence. You see, Ignorance is pushing us all the way. Ignorance is the cause of sinful life. And sinful life is the cause of one's dragging on in the material existence. So to counteract all this knowledge. Knowledge. Perfect knowledge. From Krishna. Then our sinful life will stop. And consequently our repetition of birth and death will stop. And we go back to Krishna. That's the whole point. That's why we have to address the problem at its root. Ignorance is the root of the problem. And therefore... To combat that, we need knowledge. We commit sin, we we commit offense because of ignorance. So if we know, then we will not commit that offense. At least we know that it is an offense, at least we identify it as an offense. Otherwise, we don't even know what offense is, what sin sin is. And then we can try to um, avoid that sin or offense. That's why it is said, the 10 offenses, for example, um, not to blaspheme the devotees, for example. So, how to do that? How not to blaspheme? To actually understand the value of the devotees. If we have knowledge, if we are ignorant of the value of devotees, if we take them as ordinary people, Vaishnava Jati buddhim, Guru, uh, what is that? Uh, Naramatya, Guru Naramathya. If we consider the Guru and Vaishnavas to be ordinary people, then we will commit offenses. We will treat them as ordinary and then just to whatever, we will lambast them or whatever. But, if... We understand that the devotees are very valuable. They are the, you know, Sroto ganastamaranam Aranam Bhajavasudeva. No, not this one. 112633. Um, um, okay. Annam Hipraninam Prana, Artanam Sharanam Taham, Dharmovittam Niranam Pretya, Santorvag Bibhatoranam. See this. A devotee. Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu SANGA Sarva Shastra Khoi, Lavamatra Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi 1126 hmm? Just as food is the life of all creatures, just as I am the ultimate shelter of the distressed, just as religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world, so my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into a miserable condition of life. Only refuge. What is common in these four examples, food um, I mean is the shelter for distressed, so is a dependency, so we depend on food for our maintaining our life and the distressed they depend on Krishna, on, on the Lord, they go to God, they go to temple or church or mosque or something they pray to get you know some relief from suffering. So therefore, I am the shelter of the distress. So they depend on God. And religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world. What can we depend upon when we are leaving this world? We cannot depend upon our wife, our doctor, our lawyer, our bank balance, our influence in this world, our likes on Facebook, our subscribers on YouTube. None of that matters. We cannot depend on any of these things. What can we depend on? Dharma, whatever we have done in our life, that is the wealth. Vittam means wealth. Dharma, Vittam Niranam Pretya. For the one who is passing away from this world, the thing that he can depend on is what he has done in this life, what he has accumulated, the bank balance of his dharma, the dharma bank. The dharma bank balance, we have, how much he has accumulated, that is his wealth. If he has done all sins, that is the wealth. That is what he is going to ask for and hellish life next. So we have to pile up our dharma, dharma assets while we are alive and well. So that, that is the insurance at the time of death. That will protect us. We, we take insurance here in this world to protect us from damages. But the damage of death... We do take some kind, something called life insurance but the money goes to our children, it doesn't come nothing to us. Um, so the, how are we benefited? No. So We can be benefited with the Dharma Vitta. So Dharma, the, this, this is actually all dependencies. All these examples are dependencies. So food is a dependency for the living creatures and um, the Lord is a dependency, I mean they depend on the Lord for relief from distress. We depend on our dharma uh, accrue. I mean, accrued uh, dharma um, points or whatever we call dharma um, stock for when we're passing away. And similarly, my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into mis- m- miserable condition of life. We can only depend on devotees if we are. Um, if we don't want to fall down in this miserable material life. They are very valuable. So when you when you when we understand the value of the devotees and we take the knowledge, sometimes we may quote so many shlokas, hmm, but nothing here, nothing here. That is useless. Like a parrot simply quoting so many shlokas is useless, rubbish. Huh? The thing is we have to when we are quoting all these shlukas, why are we quoting these shlokas? Why are we showing all these shastras? Not to show off that we are, oh, big scholar, big scholar. No, but to internalize all these things, reflect on all these things. Not to behave like an idiot uh, after quoting all these shlokas. No, it is to change our behavior. What is the ornament of a devotee? It's his behavior. Huh? What is that? Um, um, Bhushan. Vaishnava etiquette. You see this? Yadhyapyo to me how Jagat Pavan, Thomas Parshe Pavitrahoi Deva Munigan, Tathapi Bhakta Swabha, Mariada Rakshan, palan Palanhoi Sadhur Bhushan. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Antirila, Chapter 4, Verses 129 and 130. What is that? My dear Sanatan? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying to Sanatan Goswami, Although you are the deliverer of the entire universe and although even the demigods and great saints are purified by touching you, it is the characteristic of a devotee to observe and protect the Vaishnava etiquette. Maintenance of the Vaishnava etiquette is the ornament of a devotee. We have to maintain this Vaishnava etiquette. Maryada. Vaishnava um, maryada, this has to be, a, you see, what is that? Maryada palan hoy sadhur bhushan, uh, you see, the characteristic of a devotee is to observe and protect Vaishnava etiquette. So if he doesn't value Vaishnavas, and if he's just, you know, trying to quote some slokas and, or doing some this and that, but no regard for Vaishnavas at all, I, you know he's just like a, a woman without ornaments you know just like plain pale no beauty like that <clears throat> so the ornament is the behavior of a devotee so we have to understand the value of divorce and if we want to um, avoid the offense of blaspheming the vedic literatures or literatures and persons of the vedic version which is like the fourth offense Why are we talking about all this? The chain. Ignorance leads to sinful life. Sinful life leads to repetition of birth and death. So, sin or offense, for example, is one of the offenses is to blaspheme the Vedic literatures or literatures in pursuance of the Vedic version. How to avoid that? To get knowledge of the Vedas. Get knowledge of the Vedas. Get knowledge about how valuable scriptures are. Uh, how great the scriptures are and who actually wrote Oh, krishna wrote oh wow and then what is there in the scriptures and relish once we know the value of scriptures sadhu shastra shastra especially then yes then we will not blaspheme otherwise if we don't have any faith in scriptures uh, what is this you know scripture is saying what is, what kind of shloka is this you know what kind of uh, scripture is this especially there are on the internet also, there are some women, you know, who are saying, oh, you see, Vedas say women must be protected, I mean, women must be not be given independence. Manusamita is saying, you know, what is this, you know, this is very backward thinking, you know, all of Vedas are saying this kind of things. No, it is not backward thinking. This woman who wants to be free, she is the backward thinker. It's true. A real woman, I mean, she has to be protected. It's, it's for their own protection that the Vedas are, you know, saying all these things. Women are gullible, I mean, they are very prone to degradation, easily they will degrade and therefore they have to be protected by the men who, who is trained in Krishna consciousness, um, otherwise the women just lose, you know easily can get wavered, so and she will have to suffer for that, uh, she is very very much more vulnerable than a man, in fact she can be abused by unscrupulous men, a man cannot be abused, she can be raped and all these things I mean there is so much risk for women to be free they want women women's liberation women's liberation and when Shastra says something like this oh they blaspheme the scriptures but our Shastras are actually giving the way how to liberate the woman they are speaking of actual women's liberation we're talking about liberation from the cycle of birth and death So, our scriptures are actually teaching women's liberation. How the woman can be liberated from this? Not only from the woman's body, but the whole material world. So, she has to be chased to the husband. And, you know, in that way, she has to engage in devotional service. And in this way, she will become perfect. Hmm. Women's liberation. But their liberation is actually woman's entanglement. Oh, woman free, as free as the man. You know, go out and work together and then get into... All kinds of problems in the workplace. I mean the wife goes to one office, husband goes to another office and the husband has an affair with another woman, wife has another affair with this man. Everything is socially, why everything is failing? Because there is too much intermingling between men and women. Now You may say, oh how can you have a dirty mind like that, you know you should not have a dirty mind. Come on, mind is always dirty. As if anybody's mind is clean in this material world. If we, If our mind was actually clean, why are we here? Our mind is full of rubbish. If our mind is clean, we should have been in the spiritual world. No, no, no clean person will come into this material world unless he comes from the order of Krishna to preach, like Prabhupada. But we all came with a dirty mind. We all have a dirty mind. The problem is our mind. Because of this mind, only we have been going in this cycle of birth and death for millions and trillions and gazillions of years. Yeah? Oh, how can you have a dirty? What, what do, what are you saying? And that dirty mind is just given more. Facility with modern Bollywood, Hollywood, kissing on the screen Everything and not only kissing. Now they have gone beyond kissing. They have gone everything they're doing You see huh? And how, how can you expect sane population like that when you allow all these things? You you I mean the government just gives every all these things bombard Bombard all these nonsense and then they expect the people to become saints from that. Oh know uh, uh, um, uh, What is that? Um, there are Uh, this thing in singapore there are um, in the bus and amati you know if you get molested please call the police 999 here it's 999 for police so please call the police if you you feel you are molested okay fine that's that's also necessary but that's not the only line of control only line of defense from happening we have to educate and first of all uh, throw away this rubbish Hollywood, Bollywood nonsense, all this uh, sensual, sensual, uh, what is that, uh, whatever is going on the screen, dancing or talking and even, I mean not just the dance and the dresses, even the talk is just very frivolous and that's all, that's what people are used to nowadays and they think this is life, you know, to just be frivolous and be very close and talk loosely and talk subtly about sex all the time, this is rubbish and this is ruining the whole thing. So when we say like this, oh people get offended, oh you are not and then in order to prove their equality, they are they doing abortion, oh no we don't need to get pregnant, we don't need to suffer, we can also be as free as the men, we can abort and what is hap- what going to happen? They are going to even greater entanglement, so they think it is liberation because they are in the mode of ignorance, in the mode of ignorance everything seems opposite. What is liberation will be taken as entanglement. What is entanglement will be taken as liberation. What is safer when you are going on a road, when you are driving? To have traffic lights at junctions or not to have? No, 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 I want freedom of movement, I want I want I want no traffic lights, I just want to go. Not only you want to go, everybody will want to go. And what will happen? Everybody four four sides all and come and bang into each other. Big accident. Nobody will reach the destination. So, there is a kind of freedom, yes. Who wants to, who likes to stop at a red light? Who likes? Nobody likes to stop at a red light. But, that will keep us safe. If you understand that it is actually necessary for our safety, then you will accept it. But if you just, you know, be a rebel all the time, and then say, oh, no, 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 this is not freedom, you know, this is uh, curtailing, how can he stop me, I want to go into my destination, why can't you, how can you stop me like that. I can't argue, I just have to follow, I have to stop it at that light. If I, if I, if I argue and go, and then I will be fined, I will be jailed, my license will be suspended. So, so many things. Hmm. Worse, I may be killed, because if I just go and then this, this big truck comes from here and then finish, I'm done. So, Um, we have to understand that these control systems are put in place for our benefit, for our liberation, not for our entrapment or slavery or nothing like that. So-called freedom in this material world is actually an entanglement. So-called control in this world is actually liberation. You should understand this. So, anyway, in this way, what I am trying to say is in order not to commit the sin or not to commit the offense we have to understand the value you know then yes we'll have a better chance of not committing the offense therefore we have to constantly upgrade our knowledge No, constantly not upgrade I mean it will automatically upgrade constantly be in touch with this Krishna conscious philosophy and read Prabhupada's books not to uh, become a scholar show off and you know show that I know so many verses and all that no but to try to understand and try to really live those things right try to to, um, absorb those things Uh, we have to closely and uh, with full devotion we have to do this take it seriously okay next we wherever we 431 okay so Ignorance is the cause of sinful life and sinful life is the cause of one's dragging on in material existence. The human form of life is the only loophole. In Singapore, we call it Lobang. <laughs> lobang is the, I think, Malay word. Lobang means one loophole. You know, when they, you know, when they, uh, you know, these guys who like to always um, find a loophole in the law and try to, you know, get the way, you know, they say, hey, I know one Lobang. You know, they say like that <laughs> in Singapore. So, so here also, Prabhupada is saying, there is one lobam in this material world. Everybody is ignorant, everybody is sinful, therefore everybody is like, you know, um, suffering in this material world, dragging on, but there is a lobam. I mean, this whole material universe is like a big tight shell, you know, how much thick layers, you know, the universe is covered with. There is no chance one can go, but there is a lobam. There is a loophole. By which one can come out of this entanglement. The Vedas therefore give us a chance for escape. When, what is the loophole? Human form of life. Human form of life is the loophole. It's not a... What is that? Unintentional loophole. Like when, when there is a loophole in the law, that loophole is not intended by the law. right? Only the persons, they find something which is like, hey, that was not covered. Okay, let's take advantage of that. So it's like... A result of inattention from the government that the law was, law had a loophole and then people take advantage and get their, you know, um, get their way. But here the loophole was intentional. This loophole was intentional. Krishna intentionally created this loophole. Not that, you know, out of inattention, oh, out of, oh, now the souls can go out of this material. Are you? Not like that. <laughs> he purposely made that actually um, two verses are there right Where he is very happy with the human body one is eleven seven twenty two. one is um, ah yeah yes no not this not this Eleven seven twenty two first. first okay let's go to that Eleven seven twenty two 7, hmm. You see this? In this world, there are many kinds of created bodies. Some with one leg, others with two, three, four or more legs and still others with no legs. But of all these, the human form is actually dear to me. Because there is a lobang there, loophole. There is a loophole there. He created the loophole, that is why it is also dear to him. And also, the other verse is there, I think it is um, 22. Let's see. Bhavadham eleventh canto. Wait, Just give me a second, huh? Hare Krishna. 11.9.28. Yes. This is the one. Srishtva pura, Purani Vividhanya Jayatma shaktya. Srishtva Purani Vividhan Jayatma Shaktya Vrikshaan Sari Sripam Pashun Khagadanda Shukan Taistai Ratushta Hridaya Purusham Vidhaya Brahma Valoka Dhisanam Udamapadevaha 11.9.28 okay. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, expanding his own potency, Maya Shakti, created innumerable species of life to house the conditioned souls. Yet, by creating the forms of trees, reptiles, animals, birds, and snakes and so on, the Lord was not satisfied within his heart. Then he created human life, which offers the conditioned soul sufficient intelligence to perceive the absolute truth, lobam, loophole, and became pleased. He became pleased by creating the loophole, whereas not by, not by, not by inattention, but because of particular attention to that loophole. he wa- The whole <laughs> material world is designed to get us out of here actually. That's why even the miseries that happen here are actually good for us because we 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 want we need to get disgusted with material world. The whole thing is to get out of here. If we can get disgusted with the material world, that's a great blessing, very great blessing. If we are comfortable in this material world, you still have a long way to go. If you feel we'll disgusted here, That's good. That's one step further. Okay. So, there we go. The human form of life is the only loophole by which one can get out of this entanglement. The Vedas uh, therefore give us a chance for escape by pointing out the paths of religion, economic comfort, regulated sense gratification and at last the means to get out of the miserable condition entirely. And actually, Vanajakshi Mataji asked this very same question. What, what we follow four regulative principles to advance in Krishna consciousness. Are they also... Say, oh no, this is something else. Okay. Yeah, they also are sacrifices. Yes. They are also sacrifices. The four regulative principles. No meat eating, no AC sex, no gambling, no intoxication. They are also sacrifices. Um, but it is it can be sustained because of chanting Hare Krishna 16 rounds a day. So, now... This path of religion, economic comfort, regulated sense gratification and at last the means to get out of the miserable condition entirely. There is Moksha. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. These are all uh, steps on the path. Yeah, pointing out the paths of religion. So, you know, at least start somewhere. You know, if you don't have Bhakti, okay, start with Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. If you're fortunate in this path somewhere, you will meet a pure devotee and then you will reach Bhakti. So, until then, follow the pious rules of the Vedas, until we meet a pure devotee. Once we meet a pure devotee, one one gets a huge boost in his uh, advancement. Okay, so the path of religion or the different kinds of sacrifice recommended above automatically solves our economic problems. By performance of Yajna, we can have enough food, enough milk, etc. Even if there is a so-called increase of population, when the body is fully supplied, naturally the next stage is to satisfy the senses. The Vedas prescribe therefore sacred marriage for regulated sense gratification, thereby one is gradually elevated to the platform of release from material bondage. See, one is gradually elevated to the platform of release from material bondage and that and, sorry, and the highest perfection of liberated life is to associate with the Supreme Lord. Perfection is achieved by performance of yajna sacrifice as described above. Now, if a person is not inclined to perform yajna according to the Vedas, how can he expect a happy life even in this body and what to speak of another body on another planet? There are different grades of material comforts in different heavenly planets and in all cases there is immense happiness for persons engaged in different kinds of yajna. But the highest kind of happiness that a man can achieve is to be promoted to the spiritual planets by practice of Krishna consciousness. A life of Krishna consciousness is therefore the solution to all the problems of material existence. So, that is the highest thing to be achieved. And today, this is the last verse. All these different types of sacrifices are approved by the Vedas and all of them are born of different types of work. Knowing them as such, you will become liberated. Different types of sacrifices, as discussed above, are mentioned in the Vedas to suit the different types of worker. Because men are so deeply absorbed in the bodily concept, these sacrifices are so arranged that one can work either with the body, with the mind or with the intelligence. But all of them are recommended for ultimately bringing about liberation from the body. This is confirmed by the Lord herewith from His own mouth. So all these different yajnas are there. So how can we do these all these yajnas at this, at this moment? So it's very much simplified in Kali Yuga. Sankirtana yajna. Sankirtana prayer, yajante hi sumedha So it is said that in Kali Yuga... Bhagavatam says 11.5.36 then Kali Yuga, we just need to do Harinama Sankirtana Sankirtana Yajna Sacrifice our uh, tendency to talk nonsense and use it to chant Hare Krishna Yajnanaam Japa yajna, Of all Yajna's I am Japa Yajna ah, That is the highest Now we, today's verse is about, all about different sacrifices. Yajna's Dravya Yajna Tapo Yajna Jnana Yajna um, swadhyayajna so, so many yajnas yoga yajna but um, in fact the previous few classes also were all about yajna but yajna japa yajna usme. of all types of yajna chanting of Hare krishna is the topmost okay, let's look at sankirtan yajna then we'll talk about japa yajna so those who are actually advanced in knowledge are able to appreciate the essential value of this age of kali Such enlightened persons worship Kali Yuga because in this fallen age all perfection of life can easily be achieved by the performance of Sankirtan. Oh, this is... Oh, this this is something else. 11.5.36. Actually, this is good. This is good. Kali Yuga, how... This is... um, Although such a bad age, it is so uh, rewarding. That's why learned persons worship the Kali Yuga. (laughs) As much as we want to get out of it, Actually, this is an opportunity unmatched in the entire um, time, you know, in the whole cycle of the Kalpa. Kali Yuga is a very very fortunate uh, position because just by chanting we can go back and even our offences are not counted until we act, you know, if we just think of the offence, it is not punished for in Kali Yuga. So all these concessions are there in Kali Yuga so instead of having a long life and having so much trouble just a short life and fully Krishna consciousness and go back but still of course the people of this world are so adamant that they want to remain here anyway this is actually the verse i wanted to show Sankirtana In the age of Kali, intelligent persons perform congregational chanting to worship the incarnation of Godhead who constantly sings the names of Krishna. Although his complexion is not blackish, he is Krishna himself. He is accompanied by his associates, servants, weapons and confidential companions. Now, in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, 25th, cha- 25th verse, he says, yajñānām japa yajnyosme. Of sacrifices, I am the chanting of the holy names Japa. So, this is the best sacrifice one can do, and it has the best results, quickest. I think recently I made a TikTok video about um, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu introduced the process which is best, fastest, and not just cheap, but in addition to that, we get a bonus gift of um, association of devotees in the process. So usually, as I said in the TikTok video already, anything that is good and fast cannot be cheap, anything that is good and cheap cannot be fast, anything that is fast and cheap cannot be good, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I mean gave all these things, good, fast and cheap, hardly any price to achieve this perfection. Just chant Hare Krishna, that's all. And in fact, chant Hare Krishna and then eat nice prasadam, associate with nice devotees, engage in service, this is actually like a gift more than a payment. See, for taking up the highest uh, process of devotional service, chanting, I mean, love of Godhead, we are getting a bonus gift of all these things. Um, and it is fast, just one lifetime we can make the complete perfection that would otherwise have taken millions of lifetimes so in this way we we should, we should value this thing and not lose it so anyway now i just want to conclude this thing um, by a few verses like we have talked about all these yajnas and now we are talking about japa yajna and chanting this is this is the best of all yajnas how good it is how good is it can we do Japa yajna and also some of the other Yajna's also, let's see, because in fact one of the ten offences, the eighth offence, wait, I wanted to take which was, yeah 828. So one of the ten offences, the eighth offence against the chanting of the holy name is to consider the holy name chanting of the holy name to be one of the auspicious ritualistic activities offered in the Vedas as fruitive activities or Karmakanda. So to consider the chanting and this Karmakanda activities on the same level, oh, let me chant also and let me do this one also. Why? When you have millions of dollars, why do you want to run after $10 again? Why? $10 is already there. It's foolish to do that. So here it is said, VEDESHU SHOTA Dane Sujatpunya Palam Pradeshtam Attyeti Tatsarvamidam Vidva Yogi Param Sthanam Upayeti Chadyam A person who accepts the path of devotional service is not bereft is not bereft of the results derived from studying the Vedas, Swadhyaya, performing severe austerities, austere sacrifices, tapoya, giving charity, dhana yagya, or pursuing philosophical and fruitive activities. Uh, what is that jnana Yajna and dravya yajna? Simply by performing devotional service, he attains all these and at the end he reaches the supreme eternal abode. In one stroke, you want to do all these yajnas? Devotional service. And this is also um, said in the by Devahuti. Kanto 3, chapter 33. Text seven. Ahobadashwapachotogariyan Yajihvagre Vartate Namatub Te Pustapas te juvo sasnu Raria Brahmanu Chornama Grinanti Yete. Oh how glorious are the Oh how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name. Even if born in the families of dog eaters, such persons are worshipable. Persons who chant the holy name of your Lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and achieved all the good manners of the Aryans. To be chanting the holy name of your Lordship, they must have bathed at the holy place of pilgrimage which is Yoga Yajna, studied the Vedas, Swadhyaya Yajna and fulfilled everything required. All kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices. You know, Dravya Yajna and all these things. So, in that way, when, when one does uh, performs devotional service everything is included in that automatically one gets all perfection so therefore one must stick to devotional service and one need not go to this and that what if we do what if we do the last point is this what if we do all this tapasya and not get devotional service let's look at some of that Seven. First, take one. Okay, let's go to first 2 One, two, eight. For example, Dharma Pumsam Vishvakseena Kathasuya Nothpadayed Yadiratim Shrama Eva Hikevalam. The occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead. So Dharma Pum If one is doing his um Dharma, that means wherever he is, like if he is a Brahmana, then if he is strictly following the principles of Brahmana, if he is a kshatriya, if he is strictly following the principles of Kshatriya, why Shashudra like that? If he is all doing all that, but if it does not if all that does not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead, it's just useless labour. It's work in frustration labour in frustration. And uh, this is also explained in seventh kanto seven um, fifteen twenty eight. Yovaivanmanasi Samyag. Oh this is this other okay. Shadvarga samyamaikanta sarva niyamachodana tadantayadino yogan avaheyo shramavaha Ritualistic ceremonies, regulative principles, austerities and the practice of yoga are all meant to control the senses and mind. But even after one is able to control the senses and mind, if one does not come to the point of meditation upon the Supreme Lord, all such activities are simply labour in frustration. Another verse. 11 11 18. If through meticulous study one becomes expert in reading Vedic literature but makes no endeavour to fix one's mind on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, see if he meticulously studies the Vedas but he does not endeavour to fix his mind on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then one's endeavour is certainly like that of a man who works very hard to take care of a cow that gives no milk. In other words, the fruit of one's laborious study of Vedic knowledge will simply be the labor itself. There will be no other tangible result tangible result. See? And another verse, um 10, 14, 4 Shreya Sritham bhakti mudasate vibho, Kleshandi ke Walla Bodhalabdhaye, Te Shama shala Eva sishyate. My dear Lord, devotional service unto you is the best path for self-realization. If someone gives up that path and engages in the cultivation of speculative knowledge, he will simply undergo a troublesome process and will not achieve the desired result. As a person who beats an empty husk of, empty husk of wheat cannot get grain, one who simply speculates cannot achieve self-realization. His, own, his only gain is trouble. Another verse. From Gita. See how many verses are there showing these points that without devotional service all these Yajnas, Yajnas, Tapa, all these useless. avyakta For those whose minds are attached to the unmanifested, impersonal feature of the supreme. Advancement is very troublesome. To make progress in that discipline is always difficult for those who are embodied. It's difficult. Without devotional service, just an impersonal path. As long as one does not come to devotional service. They will fall down. Because they have not taken shelter of the lotus feet. Aruhya means again, there is tapasya. There is also another verse. Kanto 2, chapter 2, text 32. Yenye ravindaksha vimukta maninastvayastha bhavada visuddha buddhaya aruhe kricchrena parampadam tataha patantyadhonadrita yashmadangraya O oh, Yotaside Lord, Lord although non-devotees who accept severe austerities and penances to achieve the highest position may think themselves liberated vimukta manina, their intelligence is impure, avishuddha buddhaya they fall down from their position of imagined superiority because they have no regard for your lotus feet. This, this is a result of these people. There is a nice verse in the Mukundamala Sutra. Of what happens if we do all these different yajnas but not achieve the devotional service to the Lord. What will be the actual result of such yajnas? Let's go. Kunamala stotra. I, I like this verse very much. It's very hilarious actually. Ana ya bhya Veda vratanyan vaham, cheda palani purta vidhaya, sarvam hutam basmani, tirthanam jagaja. Snanam Vinayatpada Dvandvam Bhoruhasam Smritim Vijayate Narayana 21st verse of the Mukundamala Stotra. All glories to Lord Narayana. Without remembrance of his lotus feet, recitation of scripture is merely cry, crying in the wilderness. Recitation of scripture is merely crying in the wilderness. Crying in the forest. aranyaruditam Regular observance of severe vows enjoined in the Vedas is no more than a way to lose weight. It is just to lose weight. All the, you know, what do, oh, I have done so much fasting this one. Yeah, yeah. You lost weight maybe. But not achieved any favor of God. Favor of Krishna. Because the end point is not remembering Krishna. What is the point? See? So it has only the only benefit from that is yeah you lost some weight in fact nowadays yoga is actually yoga programs advertise this only you come to yoga and lose some weight make your belly fat uh, flat instead of fat you know so uh, that 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 itself is the (laughs) selling point of the yoga programs Uh, get a nice uh, lean shape and then this is sexy shape and all these things these kind of words they use and that is a, here it is said that is all you will gain by observing fasting and all these things, and doing all the what is that severe vows and all these asana pranayama all these things you lose some weight yeah. Execution of prescribed pious duties is like pouring pouring oblations into ashes. You pour ghee into the ash, nothing is going to happen. If you pour ghee into the fire, yes, it will you know the fire will be. But pouring oblations into ashes. So, all this execution of prescribed pious duties is like pouring oblation into ashes. And the bathing at various holy sites is no better than an elephant's bath. Elephant will take a bath nicely in the river and then come out, put all the sand over his body. What is the point in taking a bath? So, that kind of bath. So, it is no use. So, they are compared. So-called pious activities without Krishna consciousness is compared to these these things. So it's a nice verse, right? Last verse. Actually, actually, <laughs> that verse is just right in the purport here. In the Narada Panchratra, <laughs> Aradhito yadi haris tapasata tahkim, Naradhito yadi haris tapasata tahkim, Antar bahiri yadi haris tapasata tahkim, Nantar bahiri yadi haris If one is worshipping Lord Hari, what is the use of severe penances? And if one is not worshipping Lord Hari, what is the use of severe penances? If one can understand that Lord Hari is all pervading, what is the use of severe penances? And if one cannot understand that Lord Hari is all pervading, what is the use of severe penances? So, what is the use of severe penances? Why are we talking about tapa and yajna and all these things? Because to get us from the point of sense gratification to the point of satisfying Krishna's senses. To get from point A, get us from point A to point B, this is a vehicle. This tapasya is a vehicle to get us there. And of course, it's not the only vehicle. It is, um, it has to be accompanied by chanting. By itself, it cannot be even sustained. So, that chanting is the real thing so when we chant yes then we can follow all these things so tapasya is to get us from sense gratification to serving krishna so with that aim one must practice sorry another one this is the last 18th actually i wanted to show this verse since the beginning of the class but always i every time i want to show i'm already showing another verse so i'm thinking okay let me show this after this verse and i forget so right at the end now 185 yagyadana tapah karma natyajyam karma e karyameva tat pavanani manishinam. acts of sacrifice charity and penance are not to be given up they must be performed indeed sacrifice charity and penance purify even the great souls so even the even if one is a mahatma a great soul he still should not give up sacrifice charity and penance of course, a Mahatma will use, I mean, will employ all those in service of Krishna. Like we fast on Ekadasi, janmashtami, janmashtami and all these things. So this is tapasya, in favorable to Krishna. Hmm. So ankulyena Krishna Silanam. All right. So with that, I would like to conclude. The whole point is Krishna consciousness. That is what we have to get to. All right. Let's take the questions, if any. Vijay Sharma Prabhu is asking, what why doesn't the soul try to get out of the body once it knows about Krishna? <laughs> we kind of want to, but our um, deeply ingrained habits dictate to us that you know don't, don't go to Krishna. Stay here, it's so enjoyable. Why? So Maya is pulling us in this direction and Krishna is pulling us in that direction. One day when our attraction for Krishna will you know, manifest and we will be pulled in that direction. So, it's like cleaning up the rusted iron filings. Iron is irresistibly attracting, um, attracted to the magnet. But when the iron is um, covered with rust, then the attraction is very, very feeble. It's not very strong. But when the iron is clean from the rust, or oh, yes, immediately attracted to the magnet, like that, our our hearts are now rusty with all the dirt of materialism that has to be cleansed. Cheto darpanam arjanam And progressively, as much as the cleansing happens, that much we will be attracted to Krishna. And if in the process of cleansing, we again throw more dirt on it, like by committing offences, Again, the attraction goes down and sometimes goes up, sometimes goes down. This is the third class platform. Nishtha means second class platform. Nishtha means fixed up. That's when he will never fall down. He will never go back and forth like this. He will always be fixed and steady, whatever may be the circumstance. So, to that, to come to that stage itself is a big achievement. The Anarthanivritti has to happen. All the Cheto, darpana marginam, The marginum has to happen. And once that happens, then yes, one goes to nishtha platform. Then the ruchi, asakti, bhava, prema—you know—it it increases uh, exponentially the attraction towards Krishna. So that dust of materialism, that anarthas, are the thing that are keeping us from going forward. So at least, but with knowledge. Now you have asked once it knows about Krishna. So once we know about Krishna, once we know about the process how to go to him. At least now we identified what the problem is until we came to Krishna consciousness we don't even know that life is a problem first of all and what was the problem and even did we exist for so many lifetimes we do not nothing we knew to identify the problem is already first step in solving the problem if I can't even identify the problem how can I even solve it. Sometimes when the problem is uh, identified for us and then we are informed of the problem, we sometimes reject, no, 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 no that's not my problem, no, 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 I don't have, a, you are only talking like this. So some people, they are atheistic, oh, no, no, it's all rubbish. But you have accepted, you see, you have accepted that yes, okay, this is the path I need to follow, right? So that is already a first step. So your attraction for Krishna is progressively, Revealed. Uh, the devotional service is not something to be achieved or gained from another source it is already inherent latent within the heart of the devotee i mean the soul it has just to be uncovered the dust has to be shaken off and that is the anarthanivritti process. And the Nitya Siddha Krishna Bhakti, the eternally existing devotion to Krishna, Krishna Consciousness, will automatically manifest when the dust is gone. That is just covered now. It is there. It is just covered by this layers of dust. <clears throat> so the soul is trying to get out of the body. So that is the whole process. That's why we are even... Adhering to this process of Krishna consciousness because we are agreeing to get out of this body, although Maya is, you know, pulling us in this direction, but we are trying our best. So, because now we are trying, and then eventually we will be successful because by taking shelter of Krishna, if we strongly take shelter, we will be successful without a doubt. Sharanam Ramprasad. Hare Krishna Prabhu, my aunt passed away early this morning. Does the departed soul will gain any help from me? <laughs> yeah. That is the thing. There is the beauty of de- about devotional service that 21 generations. Actually it is said, um, I don't know where, who said this but for Prahlad Maharaj in the Bhagavatam, it is there 21 generations of his forefathers. Everybody will be liberated. Um, but... I don't know where exactly it came from, but I heard this, I can't verify the source, I'm just saying. Um, that for a Mahabhagwath, it is 21 generations. For madhyamadhikari second class devotee, 14 generations and for the Kanishadha 7 generations. So, in multiples of 7, apparently. I don't know where exactly that is there, maybe it is there somewhere, I don't know. So, 7 generations, that's, <laughs> even that is a lot. If you do Pindadan, you are doing just for that one departed soul, but seven generations just by being a devotee. So, if you are a devotee, yes, all these. What is what is uh, the Shraddha? Because that Shraddha is offering of Vishnu Prasad to the departed soul. So, that automatically happens when you do every day that thing. Every day you are eating Prasadam, offering Prasadam to Krishna. So, all these things matter. So, that's why it is said Devarshi Bhutaptan Ranam Pitrinam, Nakinkaronayam Rani Charajan. You don't need to do all these things, um, there is one side, that is on our debt perspective but what about them who, has de- who have departed, that will go to the next verse, you see this verse 11.5.41 O king, one who has given up all material duties and has taken full shelter of the lotus feet of Mukunda, who offers shelter to all. Is not indebted to the demigods, great sages, ordinary living beings, relatives, friends, mankind or even one's forefathers who have passed away. Since all such classes of living entities are part and parcel of the supreme lord, one who has surrendered to the lord's service has no need to serve such persons separately. See? And so, what about them? What happens to them? 8549... When one pours water on the root of a tree, um, the trunk and branches of the tree are automatically pleased. Similarly, when one becomes a devotee of Lord Vishnu, everyone is served for the Lord is the super soul of everyone. So we don't have to worry because once you're serving the Lord, Automatically, the Lord favors them. In fact, <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that um, Sarvam Bhattacharya is so dear to me. Of course, after Sarvam Bhattacharya became a devotee, then he said this to Amogha that Sarvam Bhattacharya is so dear to me that forget about his family members, even his dog is dear to me. Even the dog that comes to his household, he, that dog is dear to me because Sarvaham Bhattasarya is dear to me. That much! So, when we are devotee, Lord takes special care about not only our auntie or uncle but even our dog. Of course, don't keep a pet dog. Don't start keeping pet dogs now. Then we will become dog like Bharat Maharaj. So, Sarvoham Bhattasarya could give present. He did not sleep with the dog in the you know, please. He just, the dog was just outside in the outside the courtyard and then when it comes he will give prasadam like that only from a distance. So uh, according to um, Vaishnava regulations we should not touch dogs, we should not have dogs in the house. So that's, um, it's muchi, it's very muchi. So we can't offer anything to Krishna that is (laughs) seen by the dog and once we touch the dog we cannot do puja, it's just very, you have to take a bath. have to change clothes completely new ones so all these things are there so um, that's the answer so he, definitely your aunt is being helped by you being a devotee you have to become strong devotee if you are a devotee strongly then yes mm. next question by Bhakti Najanya <clears throat> It is not in that. It is not in that way, Prabhu. Feminism, feminism is grown to strengthen women to protect themselves from exploitation. Is it good to say women who try to escape from exploitation by men who are after sensory satisfaction and in ignorance is to find many men for satisfy her lust? It is not right way of thinking, Prabhu. Those feminists are not. Saying women need freedom to become prostitute. Yes, definitely, such kind of women are more. But women liberation movement be, means empowering women to resist exploitation. It is not for giving freedom to be prostitute. In Krishna conscious society, women will be protected. But if we look at materialistic people, we can't say against women liberation movements which has aimed to save women from exploitation. Is it right? Wrong. So. let's look at this okay let's look at this actually closely i don't deny that there are rascal men out there who abuse women okay but that's not the whole um, that's not the whole point of women's liberation you know yes there were men who had sex with women and then they left the woman and then the woman had to raise the child and then you know they have to take help from the government she is so much embarrassed by all these things and so the women wanted to have this um, so called uh, freedom so they can also have be as free as the men are so they don't have to be encumbered by sex it need not be a um, pain for them or a burden for them they can choose to abort the baby do you understand that Women's liberation uh, also entails abortion. There was a video, I mean, uh, where in Norway, Norway I don't know, which European country, where the women were campaigning for abortion, abortion rights, abortion, and when they finally got it, they were like with tears of joy, "Wow, now we're gonna abort, now we're gonna abort." That means what? They want to have sex unlimitedly. That's what. It, that's what it's all about. Hmm. To increase the pleasure and then not take responsibility for it, and commit sinful activities and go to hell. I understand? And in Krishna conscious society, yes women will be protected, but in the, in the society at large, so the Krishna conscious society are supposed to be the head of the entire, the rest of the society, they must guide the next, rest of the society to show them the right path. Hmm. So women's liberation is not just to protect from men only, no, 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 no. that is maybe one I- issue. But not all men are also rascals, please don't frame up all men as rascals. That is another nonsense from, about feminists. They say all men men are rascals. No, they are not. There are bad women, good women, bad men, good men. Okay, all the time. All the time. And um, especially if there is a problem with the system as I many times said, the solution is not to abolish the system. The solution is to correct the system. And the system can only be corrected by devotees because they know the religious principles. And the whole. therefore, the whole society needs to take advice from the devotee community, from the Vaishnavas, how to lead. So, of course, now the society doesn't care for Vaishnavas. And therefore, the Vaishnavas, they care for the society. They go out. They preach. Of course, things will happen. Whatever is, you know, some things are unstoppable. They cannot. But the, the attempt is there by the Vaishnavas to... Give the by this so called women's liberation movement that is not going to protect the woman. Period, it's not going to protect the woman. I mean, so much women's liberation, I mean, women's rights, this and that thing, but still, rape is going on, still, everything is going on. How, why? Vedic system is so perfect that the woman is kept in the house, she doesn't need to go out, she doesn't need to face all the dangers from men, from unscrupulous men, and also this adultery that goes on in the workplaces and outside because the woman goes out and the man goes out and then the man's mind is agitated by seeing the woman woman's mind is agitated by seeing the man and then each way i mean i have seen so many like that one man you know poor lady she was calling from mumbai this was a few years back so this lady called our temple from mumbai and Um, her husband I know her husband in one office I go to him somehow I don't know how she came how she came to know maybe through Facebook seeing the friends friends or whatever she contacted me and she was crying to me please please save my marriage save my marriage so what happened no you know my husband you know he is actually having this affair with some woman here and I know the woman also she happens to be a donor. She donates to our temple, and well, she took the, you know, man, and the man um, divorced. I think the other lady. I, the later I saw, the man married this this woman. So that kind of woman are also there. that kind of man are also there. You see so when they intermingle when there is a chance to intermingle so even suppose okay for example even if a man has a wrong mentality it can be curbed if he doesn't see women like women around and if the women are also nicely covered and you know and if all these bollywood movies that are bombarding all this lust if they're not all these things are not there actually men can be trained and if they're if and then they can be if there can be gurugul system and all these things if the systems are put in place all these things can be saved that is the way to solve a problem it is not the solution is not just women's liberation and what what women okay they have some law if the man you know molests or you know rapes or something that that should be there protection of that is protection of women that should be there we're talking about having equal rights and you know right to abort all these things, these are classified among women's liberation. And they want to be equal with men. And you know, and even, even equal, okay, we can also do it. We can also drive a bus. We can also be an astronaut. We can also be a scientist. You don't have to be there. First of all, going to the workplace itself is a wrong thing. By, by Vedic standards. By Vedic standards. Because there is unnecessarily intermingling. Okay, you, you may not have that. But it is an example like like uh, what is that um, um, astronaut who died um, some chawla something she was an astronaut she died in the in a crash space a spacecraft crash so she may not be uh, having any bad intentions in um, you know having some intermingling with men and all that but many women many girls will look up to her wow she is I also want to become and not all women are I mean they will be either they will have such mentality or they will be abused by men so unnecessarily these things uncontroll men you know and not all men are like that and not all women are you know uh, like that too but the intermingling will just facilitate these things so that's why they are always kept separate. Ah, kalpana Chawla, yes, correct. So that's why they are always kept separate and their roles are separate. In this way, just like in the temple, we have men and women stand separate. The same thing in the whole society, and the whole activities, everything, they're usually separated. That is a Vedic thing. So therefore there is a minimum interaction between men and women. So when everybody goes to work, only men and men go to work and then only with men. So it's much more safer then a man who is going and then there are so many women there and then this woman will feel insecure and then a man will feel insecure that the woman is going to the workplace where so many men are there and it's all it's all very frivolous talk goes down there and then everything is topsy-turvy ideally that's the way one it should be that women have their role and Bhagavatam defines the role of women they have to clean the house they have to cook they have to that women nowadays think that this is Oh, you're, you know, what is that? Renegating us to what? What is that? Some low kind of job? It is not low. Who said it is low? It is. It is something which has to be done, right? Somebody has to cook. Somebody has to, and simply eat outside, you will get sick also. Your body will go, you know. So I mean, all these things are necessary, and for the children to grow up nicely, the mother has to be there, Hmm. and Krishna conscious, and then train the children to be Krishna conscious. All these things are there. All these things have to be put in place. Women don't understand these things, usually. Anyway. Either men or women are protected by Krishna. Illusion can't attack, but all are not devotees. Yeah, but, you know, there has to be a system. system is that, the Vedic system. That's why we cannot challenge the Vedic system. Anything against the Vedic system is always wrong. We should understand why it is wrong. Anyway, is you are asking question, but I hope you will take the answer as well. You know. Because I I see you keep coming back to the same point again and again. Mm -hmm. Next question. Will sharing of knowledge about Krishna reduce if anyone in that association do Vaishnava parad? Will sharing of knowledge about Krishna reduce if anyone in this association with Vaishnava brought? So, Arjunya is saying, uh, Vedic system is right. I never said abortion is part of freedom. I just said the term exploitation. Yeah, exploitation. I mean, we are also against exploitation only. Definitely. But it is not just, it is not an isolated thing, you know. It is all part of the system. Why the men are exploiting women like that? Why? Why there are men like that? There will be men like that, yes. But the chance of the percentage of such men increasing is very much there now because there is so much facility for that. Pornography is very easy to watch now and the movies and everything and everywhere is just promoting this this sexual content. And then women also, they are also stupid. They They were also very skimpy nowadays, all these actresses and all. And they are setting a very bad example and then the man also a young man you know he will his senses are also will be, will be very strong and if he's shown all these things that's why brahmachari means he abstain from these things you see so the whole point is that and if he's trained like that then it will not happen it is not that oh the bad guy how did he become bad because of this association sangha sanjayate kama his desires One's desire will develop according to his association. So if his association is bad, then it, that's what happens. So it has to be addressed not just by um, um, some saving them from exploitation. That should be there. I'm not saying no. But apart from that, it has to be addressed at its root as well, which is lack of Krishna consciousness from childhood. And if you introduce Krishna consciousness in schools, in actually in the whole system, if it is centered around Krishna consciousness, then all this can be saved. Anyway, the next question is will sharing of knowledge about Krishna reduce if anyone in the association do Vaishnava Prada? Okay, if somebody does Vaishnava Prad, he automatically will not get that taste of hearing Krishna Katha. He will go away from that or he will not have interest. And even if he does hear, it will just fuel his offenses rather than, you know, Curb him from it. If he maintains that Vaishnava Pradh mentality, even if he hears about Krishna, he it will just fuel his offence more and more. Understand? Uh, so <coughs> we have to always be submissive in front of Vaishnava. Satam prasang Mam Mamaviryu Samido, Bhavante Ritkarana Rasayana Katha, Tadjoshanadas Papavargavat Mani, Sradharatir Bhaktira nu krameshati. We have to be. NAMANTA EVA JIVANTE SAN mukharitam BHAVADIYA So we have to be humble and hear, listen to the messages. Then only it will work. Without humility nothing will work. Even if we hear and know nothing will work. <clears throat> Question. Regarding Vaishnava Parada, what if one doesn't intend to offend but his behaviour is misrepresented or misinterpreted? It's the thought that counts, right? No, sorry. It's the effect that counts. Why Rupa Goswami's uh, offense went? Um, I mean, his ecstasy came down. His intention was not to offend the brahmana, but his ecstasy went down. Why? Because the brahmana was offended. It's it, when you offend somebody, somebody that offended person is the person it, that is. That's what counts. see. Ah. so whether intention or not it has to be done properly there's no um behavior is misrepresented i I mean if i want to get into details it's going to be very dirty but you know um, yeah there's some personal things as well so i know why you're asking that question so i don't want to get into all that and you know on a public platform but i'm telling you this that Vaishnavaparadha is Vaishnavaparad, Okay, you can't just act wantonly whimsically and behave like an idiot and um, think that uh, it's all alright that's not that's not fair uh, that's not going to work okay also for someone constantly in the association of devotees how to avoid the contempt that breeds from familiarity well have some respect have some decency, have some respect for the devotees. If you are taking too complacent, then, well, that's there's a problem. That's why we have to always be reminded. We have to always be reminded of the importance of the association of Vaishnavas. That is very important. Vaishnava Pradh avoid, we should always remind ourselves how glorious the Vaishnavas are, and how dare um, we transgress the etiquette and behave and belittle them, and, you know, offend them. That's not so. That familiarity, that familiarity, if one has to, this thing that I say, one has to keep distance. One has to respect. One cannot you know treat the devotees like one you know like like you know in a family usually you know there's some fighting sometimes and you know, like that if we can't treat devotees as like that oh I'll fight today and then no, 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 no. that's not the way we have, to, we have to learn our behavior we cannot act like an idiot and then um, expect to not uh, reap the I mean face the results anyway i know you have some uh, personal these things vendetta i don't want to discuss that on the public platform but that's that's what it is okay i hope i hope that you learn your lesson and behave properly because in a temple you have to learn how to behave understand all right so Alright, so that is that. Thank you Prabhuji for shedding light on all different kinds of yagnas. Like the conclusion path that among the Yajnas, Japa is reached. And we're into that. Yeah. Alright, thank you very much for your time. And we will meet in the, I think on what, Saturday? Yeah, Saturday with Chaitanya Charitamrita. Thank you very much। Bhagavad गीता की जय, श्रील प्रभु की जय, आनंद कौरी वैष्णव वृंद की जय, नेताएँ गौर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि बोल, हरे कृष्ण।